Until very recently, as you will see if you have read books on human cultures and have any acquaintance with existing groups, including religious and psychological ones, human institutions have tended to be what can only be called restrictive. That is to say, although they want to increase information and to develop capacities, they leave great areas unstudied. There is a disposition to assume that certain attitudes must not be taken up in their particular system, otherwise such attitudes might threaten the stability or even the very life of the sacrosanct institution. If you are a lawyer, you will tend to have a legalistic mind. If you have decided that certain things are for the greater social good, you will place an interdict upon working with things which appear to you at the time, at some imagined point in time, to militate against that good. The unenlightened search of the social good tends to be restrictive. The result of this narrowing of the thinking is to make the person involved in it less effective, more mechanical, more prone to look for systems. In the West, in spite of its tradition of restless exploration, we find so much folklore connected with the belief that everything is in fact examined that it can be difficult to explain that there are things which the West does not think about. Again and again we see that people trained within Western dogmas of all kinds try, when we get deeply into things, to relate everything which is being put forward in terms of a dogma which is already held in their minds. Even in psychology, where things have to be rendered in the frameworks of, say, Freud or Jung, or interpersonalism, the desire for system as understood by dogmatists is accompanied by or perhaps underlies, a powerful desire to establish, by association or interpretation, similarities with what they already think. This compulsion is partly, I am sure, rooted in a basic desire for order. It is also a symptom of not having shaken off the suffocating attitude of the Middle Ages, where everything had to fit in with a received and uniformalist view. This attitude accompanied the last two phases of human panacea thinking, where the neo-medieval systems of the age of reason and the age of technology were as restrictive and as unfruitful as the religio-scholastic one which they affected to replace. Here is the very sharp distinction between the Sufi attitude and these compulsively pattern-seeking ones. In the pattern-seeking approach, people will look at your materials to see which of their preconception systems they accord with. Hence, say, in Victorian British books on the Sufis, they are often represented as close to English gentlemen or sometimes as ignorant savages. Work done in the Age of Reason emphasises the Sufis as people of rationality. The people of the Age of Technology, naturally, are greatly pleased to find that Sufis are so modern. Today, this is one of their most frequent remarks about Sufi matters. Now, the effect of all this is that in every age, only one or two possible versions of what the Sufis are is revealed, like people feeling the elephant in the dark. The result of all this is, of course, that by the time you have worked through all the possible interpretations of what the Sufi way is, according to your current and local lights, it will have taken you many centuries. Furthermore, when it is established to the satisfaction of the investigator that Sufism is, shall we say, 
a form of Neoplatonism or of anti-clericalism or of psychology or education, he will heave a great sigh of relief. The last word has been said on the subject, the investigator can go to sleep again, having done his little bit towards making the world more comfortable by putting yet another piece of unexplained material into its duly labelled box. The answer of the people to whom this is said, by the way, is that unless we do as best we can to reinterpret, say, Sufism, within the framework of contemporary knowledge, updating when we can, everything would be chaos, and there would be license for people to be as woolly-headed as they liked, and science and civilization would break down. There are only two things wrong with this argument, both of them destroying it. 